your Locked On Golden Knights, your daily podcast on the Vegas Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Zach Hayes is traded to Carolina for, you guessed it, future considerations. Our fans jumbled the lines for us, lines that they would like to see from the VGK, and we also have a preview of tonight's Golden Knights versus Penguins game. Hi again, everyone. Tony Cardasco along with Chris Golick. We come to you from Las Vegas each and every day, well, five days a week. We appreciate you tuning in. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And I also was checking in last night, sounding really good, Chris, on Spotify. You know, a lot of folks are tuning in over there and everywhere across the universe. And we also are on the YouTube channel, Lockdown Golden Knights. Please subscribe and please, please, please leave those very important comments. So, Chris, uh, VGK yesterday, they trade the big guy, 6'3", two and a quarter, Zach Hayes, I think he weighs a little bit more. He's a big dude, though, uh, from Henderson, right? You and I saw him at the M up close and personal. Uh, Trade him to the Carolina Hurricanes, who have a field day with future considerations. Uh, The defenseman was up with the VGK in the preseason. We saw him then. He had one assist so far this season for Henderson. Um, Again, traded for future considerations, no joke. And according to Kelly McCrimmon, he says in the past that this means that it is uh, something that opens up cap space, right? It's another asset, if you will, for the Vegas Golden Knights. So let's start off by talking about this trade, Zach Hayes, and now what happens with VGK. Uh, I know yesterday you and I were texting, and I said, watch, they're going to put Brett Howden on IR, okay? And then a few hours later, comes out, he's on IR. So this might clear up even more space for them to to do something right now. Yeah, so let's address the first thing, everybody. Future considerations, yes. On paper, we got absolutely nothing, whatever future considerations means in the big picture. So be it. I mean, maybe uh, the future considerations for taking Max Pacioretty was give us a throwaway down the road. And no disrespect to Zach Hayes, he's not a throwaway. But that's, you know, the, the transaction that took place, I guess, is what we can say. So what really happened now? Zach Hayes, <clears throat> Zach Hayes is gone. We now have 49 of 50 available contracts, which means we have room to make some type of a deal. We know we know the Vegas Golden Knights are never standing still as long as the trade window, free agent window, any window is open to require players. You know Kelly McCrimmon is working the phones and at least uh, kicking the tires on a couple of things right now. So does that mean the trade is happening today or tomorrow? I don't think we're going to get that far. I actually checked last night. I was thinking about this. It hit me about like one in the morning when I got home from ref and hockey games. The Kings put Cal Peterson on waivers. So I was just curious if he was like a min salary or what he was, but Cal Peterson's got a like a big three, four, five million dollar salary or something like that. Something so, like that. Yeah. But I, I was wondering though, Tony, if it was like an 800 K salary, if like that was the move, they were going to just put him in the, down in Henderson and see what happens, but I'm, you know, that's not what, what's going to happen. But to paraphrase, Vegas now has the ability to do something. They have flexibility now. Is it happening today, tomorrow, next week, maybe even next month? Maybe, maybe not. 
but there's a little bit of flexibility now in the event McCrimmon sees something come across the plate for the Vegas Golden Knights that he feels puts us in a better spot to make a deep Stanley Cup run. Could be an injury, could be someone on IR, as you alluded to. It could be a whole lot of things. But now is the time, you know, when the GMs, you're starting to get some separation now. You know, there's probably about 22, 23 playoff teams. Of those 22, 23 playoff teams, there's probably 10 or 11 teams you can point at and make a case to win the Stanley Cup right now. There's four or five teams who you know they're not going to be there in the end, and there's, and there's a few French teams. So this is when teams start identifying how they feel the season's going to play out, and they start thinking about long-term, short-term. Vegas, obviously, is going to be a buyer as the trade deadline in February looms. There's other teams that are going to be sellers, and somewhere in the middle of all this, it all works out and gives people like me and you content to talk about. You know, what else I was thinking? First thing that came to mind yesterday after this trade, we know how well uh, this team from Henderson is doing, not well at all. And are they going to perhaps start to break up the Silver Knights and perhaps uh, acquire and bring in some new talent? That was one of my first thoughts yesterday. Yeah, maybe, Tony. Um, and, you know, Zach Hayes is funny. I, I hadn't looked at his stat line. You said he's sitting on one assist for the season down there. Yeah. That is um, <laughs> that's unfortunate good. because he did have what? Didn't he have a two goal game in the preseason with the VGK? Again, again, remember, it was against Arizona. And the he first, was play. it both in the first period, right? It's like yeah. two goals early. Yeah, yeah, two two early goals. And remember, they pulled him off the bus to go to Minnesota because Zach Whitecloud was out in the preseason. He was on the bus. They were going, Silver Knights were going to Southern California. And they pulled him off the bus and said, no, you're going yes. to Minnesota. And he got there like an hour plus. Uh, yeah, he right barely made the, the game. game. He barely made the game. <laughs> it's 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 remarkable the way these stories work out sometimes. And, uh, you know, how we as journalists can you know dig this stuff up and everything. And I forgot um, who there's a couple different. I think there's a couple different pieces out there about that, which is pretty uh, fun to learn about. It's just a wild, crazy life of these uh, AHLers and, you know, trying to, uh, trying to make it all the way up but you know Zach case it's, it's kind of a strange deal because you look at the at the golden lights depth defensive chart right now you got your top six down to ben hutton currently with the vegas golden knights your eighth defenseman based on nhl experiences daniel marimanoff which according to cap friendly i believe has been called up but the vegas golden knights have not officially announced that yet so i'm not sure what's happening there after marimanoff you got Caden korzak after Caden Korzak is where you probably start looking at Zach Hayes and some of the other VGK defensemen. So his time for the Vegas Golden Knights was not coming up anytime soon unless, you know, well, unless last season happened, which if that's the case, uh, he might have been coming up next week. Who knows? But I liked Zach Hayes. I liked his shot. I did notice um, at the Silver Knights games, his shot was noticeable. He has a left very was quick he a left and strong release. Left-hander? I don't the know. Cannon? I think he's left. He could I just, be. I don't remember, but I remember it was a fast, hard release. <laughs> This is me doing it. Okay, that's good. Are you are oh, for the for the audio pe- people? You're 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 doing the. I'm showing. Show us another graph. I like those graphs from yesterday. There you go. No, I was showing the left-handed slap shot, sorta. I'm just replicating, emanating what he does. 103 games with Henderson uh, for Zach Hayes, and uh, so now some of the corresponding moves for the VGK. Danil Marimanov goes up to the parent team. And uh, I I don't want to say, I don't want to quote Kelly McCrimmon here, cooking the books, uh, but Brett Howden goes on IR. 
and yesterday when you and I were texting. So where, I was, where like, was how? Where, where was that announced then officially? Was that the Cap Friendly call that? I thought it was somewhere on Cap Friendly. I was digging last okay. night, but yeah, it's you. not. It's unofficially official. We'll probably okay. hear more about that coming up today. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, I mean. We talked about that before. I'm trying to find out if Zach Hayes is a lefty or a righty right now, but I'll, we'll find that later. I'm just um, emulating he's, uh, a shot. He's uh, 224 pounds. He better, he better be a, a defenseman. Lefty. lefty. Lefty, Tony. Good job. You got that one right. Because I um, can see him on the on the left side of the ice there. Yeah, so what were we talking about? Miramanov cooking the Miramanov, books. Miramanov uh, cooking the books. Cooking the books. I mean, listen, it, there's all I these say, I didn't use that terminology. Who used that? Kelly McCrimmon. McCrimmon yeah, used that. And he did. No, and that's fair. And listen, there's all these. My hat straight. There we go. There's all these different. Yeah, there you go, Tony. All these different ways to utilize the cap space. And we talked about uh, in one of our segments about two weeks ago. At the time, there were 17 teams at or above the upper limit of the salary cap, utilizing LTIR to get to that point. And are all of those teams necessarily playing it completely fair? Heck no. No way. It's you're, I'll say this again. When I was running poker rooms with my teams and things like that, I was concerned because a lot of people like rules. They like having rules. They like every single scenario that's out there. They like having a rule for that we can cite in the event we have to make a decision called contact gaming, et cetera. My argument was every time you put a new rule into the rule book, there are a group of people sitting around trying to figure out a way to utilize that rule for their best interest. It's no different in the salary cap world. There are teams of people on the on the Vegas Golden Knights from McCrimmon to people, you know, a little bit down the down the depth chart, if you will, up in up upper management who read the rules. That's why they do. And we haven't done a lot of this this year yet, but a player coming up for three days, going back down, it's the uh, Vegas has two days off. So they call up someone from the AHL and send it back down to get some of that relief as the season progresses. Like there's all these weird little rules that do exist. And listen, the rules are out there and whoever plays the game fair, foul or otherwise, whoever plays the game best has a good chance to make a run come uh, April, May, June, you know, even if it goes into July sometimes, but April, May, and June for the Stanley cup playoffs. And that's what matters. So you got to cook the books a little bit. If you got to not cook the books a little bit, whatever it takes, it's all part of the game. And uh, we're in Vegas. We have, we, we should now acknowledge that before anybody on the planet about cooking the books and getting a little bit kinky when it comes to uh, some rules. <laughs> well, are there even books with the golden Knights? That's my question too. There's books, uh, there's books and there's, there, there's sharps, you know, some more Vegas terms that what, are finding ways to uh, utilize one of our viewers listeners said you know we could do away with the fog if i just move to the left so if you notice i've been leaning a little to the left this morning <laughs> if you can notice there on the video side awesome. but yes definitely uh interesting and now a couple of spots open up with uh the uh, silver knights i should say uh and so do they bring up players from uh, the Ghost Pirates, you know, they're off to a good start. They're in second place right now. Savannah. I noticed um, I follow them on Twitter and they're showing the goals and the highlights and stuff like that. They got crowds. They are drawing. It seems like an active environment. I think maybe uh, the next uh, time we have some time off between games, we should maybe dedicate um, a segment to the Ghost Pirates. Just kind of talking about uh, 
what's happening down there. Maybe uh, we can reach out and get someone like on the marketing side on the show and, you know, sure. have something like that. That might be a fun little piece there, but l- listen, it's, it's all part of the golden Knights family all the way down in Savannah. And the fact that they're drawing people to the games and creating a new hockey market. And there's seems to be some creative marketing Remember to announce their mascot. They, or was it the jer- the Jersey reveal or the mascot? It was one of them. They skydove someone off an, off an airplane for the announcement. I think it was the Jersey announcement. Jersey. Yeah. The so, Jersey you know, I mean, that's, that's creative. Like, let's jump out of a plane to announce our Jersey. Cool. Okay. Yeah. It's fun. It's fun. Yeah. So definitely we might see somebody though, filling in up here with the AHL team from. Yeah. Uh, potentially there's, there's a, if you go down their roster, there's some familiar names up and down the roster. No doubt. We got to bring Isaiah. Can they move? goaltenders there do they have some room to bring up Seville again I just thought that he should have been with the Silver Knights that was kind of a surprise and uh you know Hutch who I feel like hasn't I haven't seen him on the roster in a while I could be wrong I'm just uh just just uh, shooting from the hip right now but I can't remember if I've seen a Hutch get a start in a while I mean obviously uh Brassois needs to get his time Patera is the next one up that's being developed right now and Hutchinson like I said I think Hutchinson was just that strange signing which is why I alluded maybe, just maybe, the Golden Knights didn't know the complete severity of Robin Leonard. Because if they did, in my opinion, there is zero chance they would have signed Hutchinson. That, 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 again, just a Hutchinson was more of a in case a of emergency piece. break glass goalie. Yeah, he was a depth piece for them, obviously. Right. Uh, coming up next, our listeners used the Cassidy Blender to come up with some new lines. We're going to talk about that when we return right here on Locked On Golden Knights. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting information for stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds from every professional sport, every professional and amateur league that's out there, football to basketball, soccer to esports. We've got it all at BetOnline.net, including the NHL, of course, and if you love sports podcasts, you can find those as well at Bet Online. And we are always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. Welcome back to Locked On Golden Knights for this Thursday edition. And Chris, yesterday, some really cool stuff going on on our Twitter feed. As uh, the fans, as soon as we mentioned in the description of the show a couple days ago about jumbled lines, fans just dove headfirst right into the action. And I saw a lot of uh, the reactions. And I I just want to point out, let's point out some of them of what the uh, the fans were saying yesterday. Uh, VGK Christian started off. Marshy needs needs to be moved um, to the first line, he said, rather than seeing, you know, uh, or uh, to the third line. I'm sorry. Marchi needs to be moved to the third line rather than seeing Kessel with S- uh, Smith. And he would like to also see Kessel with Smith and Carlson. I don't know. Go ahead. I'm well, there, There's a lot of great stuff here and I'm, I'm going to spit out mine and then I'll talk about some of the ones that I've seen. Um, I, I want to go back to some balance for a little bit right now. The hero lines will be there when we need them. You can always reignite, you know, stone Eichel, Stevenson, et cetera, et cetera, the misfits, whatever you got to do, whenever you got to do it. But I think now, at least for the short term, a little more balance is needed and also gives an opportunity to unlock some talents of players who haven't been getting it done right now. So line one, I would love to see Eichel and Stevenson got stay together. I think that is a pair that's going to be together for a long time. I believe move stone off that first line, replace him with hot dog, Phil Kessel, Phil Kessel on the top six. I know Tony, I know. 
Phil Kessel on the top six, at least on that game on Friday with Vancouver, there was some pep out there. You have Stone and, and Stevenson. I'm sorry, you have Eichel and Stevenson who are going to move the puck around. Kessel's going to make some passes. I think that will unlock a little more of Kessel's ability. The second line, and I'm borrowing this from Carson Meyer. Carson Meyer, I think, was the only one to suggest this. And the second I saw it, I liked seeing Nick Wah as the line two center for a little bit. Give me Nick Wah between Stone and Smith. That line right there, all, all four of these lines, in my opinion, create create mismatches. That line will be very tough to play against and score against. Nick Wah is on pace for 20 goals, like right on the head. Um, Riley Smith is scoring goals. Mark Stone is, or Mark Stone is scoring goals. You have great balance on that line. Line three, Carlson, Marchi, and FC. Future considerations. <laughs> Paul Cotter is my future. Con- Paul Cotter right now is in that spot. Uh, you give me Paul Cotter with Carlson and Marchiso. I think same thing. Carlson and Marchiso. I thought you meant gonna- to say, like when you tweeted that out, I thought it was PC. I was like, FC and then FC future considerations. Right. <laughs> um, and that's what ultimately I think is going to happen on that line. But for now, uh, our in scope using the pieces that we have the ability to use uh, line three, give me Carlson, Marchi and Cotter line four, Amadio slash Howden between Coley and Carrier. Now just going through some of the, some of the listener, uh, we'll start with Carson Meyer. Uh, he agrees on Stevenson and Eichel and leave stone line two. He's moving up Nick Wah between Marchi and Smith. I'm okay with that. Line basically all he's doing is swapping uh, Nick Wah and Carlson, which I, I don't mind that. I don't mind a, a small subtle move. Uh, UGM sports lover Cotter Eichel Stone Smith Carlson Kessel. Some more people thinking Kessel should be in the top six, and then this is interesting. Stevenson down to line three, mm-hmm. possibly with Mario Wah Marchi, and then line four Carrier uh, Howden Colasar. So basically, he's saying you can move uh, Wah up and down there, and I like that idea. Um, William Carey, a Stan account. Oh boy. Uh, Stevie <laughs> Eichel Stone, Misfits line. So he's only going to bounce the bottom six, which is interesting. <laughs> but he's moving up Will Carey. <laughs> he's moving up Will Carey to the third line. And then, and then he uh, said, Whoever's left. Whoever's that, left. Oh, I like that. That was yeah. Jeff Lane, or who was that? Was uh, that's one William Carey, a Stan accounts. Okay. I think. And then, of course, this is just a <laughs> PP machine out of order. Uh, who is that? Uh, <laughs> Matt Jacks. Okay. Yeah. That, that's fun right there. PP machine out of order. It's pretty good. Uh, we got some love for Paul Cotter on this one. Eichel Stone Cotter to line one. Misfits on line two. And then Amadio Stevenson Kessel on line three. That's interesting. Line four is going to be Wah between Carrier Colasar. Amadio could be, I think he was probably saying Howden down there, maybe. But either way, um, this is some very interesting stuff. Moving Carrier up to line three is interesting. Um, back to the lines that I suggested. My perspective is you have a mismatch on all four lines there. Jack Eichel is a mismatch for the league right now, the way he's playing. Line two, you have good defensive balance in Stone, Smith, and Nick Watt, but they can score a lot of goals as well. And then all of a sudden, the miss, two-thirds of the misfits on line three with Paul Cotter, that's just a fun line right there. Will they be a defensive liability? That would be the concern. But, you know, William Carlson, the 200-foot player that he is, he'll keep everything he'll keep the players out of the net and then line four is uh line four is the only line that doesn't get touched you know outside of uh, the center okay so uh i liked someone's no comment on carlson tony come on i gave you a shot there i gave you a shot i know i was trying to avoid that uh okay i was i was trying to focus on uh, one of the comments that one of our listeners had about stevenson 
natural setter, right? So why not move him if things aren't going well? Uh, why not move him to a center position, either on line two or on line three? I felt, didn't he, did, forgive me, and I could be wrong on this. Was he a line three center to start the season? Line three, yeah. Yeah. My so, opinion, him in the bottom three, he was kind of buried almost like Phil Kessel. And again, if I'm wrong on this, I'm sorry, but I thought he had started the season down there on line three. And it just kind of felt like he wasn't as noticeable. Was he and, was he on line two, though, in the preseason with Carlson on the third line? Remember, Carlson was he chased Amadio and I forgot. It, Stevenson might have been on the second line, Tony. I, think I he honestly, might have been on the second line as the uh, the center for a two minute. months ago. Feels like two years ago. Right. I mean, last night feels like a year ago, let alone a m- month and a half ago. So honestly, I don't remember. But I feel when he was at his natural position, he wasn't as noticeable, which oddly enough. Last year, when he was on the wing, he wasn't as noticeable. So, you know, this is back to, you know, your MVP, obviously, the fact that he can be center. He can be a winger. He can kill penalties. He can get out there on the power play. Stevenson is an absolute gold find for the Vegas Golden Knights. And, gosh, I'll I'll give his contract here in a second for what he's getting paid versus what we're getting out of him. Someone you can move anywhere on the lineup. It's been an absolute gem of a signing or a trade, I believe, I don't know if it was a signing or a trade, by uh, good old McCrimmon, obviously, and McPhee. Mm-hmm. It was probably a, a tandem in acquiring him because, obviously, um, uh, McPhee has history with him going back to Washington. Yeah, fourth liner in Washington. We know the story and wins the Stanley Cup and really didn't produce a lot and a lot of points, and now he's a top liner. with Four, uh, four years, at a, four years, 11 million. He's getting two, yeah. he's getting not even three million three, a year. Yeah, I was going to say about three. Yeah, drastically under underpaid. Who was when, it? I, was it? Um, there was an article. Uh, I'm sorry, Tony. There was something that just came out about Chandler Stevenson's path, and it might have been Will Carrier. I could be wrong, but Will Carrier basically is drawing a level of, of inspiration from Chandler Stevenson. And again, if it's not Will Carrier, I'm sorry. But point being is he's a fourth line forward on a Stanley Cup winning team, and now you look at when he gets the opportunity, what he can do. So you compare that, obviously, to what Will Carrier is doing, what maybe Paul Cotter can do and stuff like that. So just having Stevenson on the team for that motivation and inspiration is also, you can't put a value on that. Yeah. So what is his contract? When does it expire? Four, four years, 11 total. I know. Um, it was a VGK contract, too. So that's the that's the beauty. Uh, let's see, 2023. Have another year. Friendly, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I was just curious. Uh, 23, 24. Okay. Yeah. So what do you what do you do with him? I mean, he'll 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 definitely command return greater than his contract. But he's also going to be a year older. I mean he'll be a year older, but also by that point will be two years of increased overall salary caps, too. I mean, we might mm -hmm. be pushing 90 million by uh 24, 25. Uh VGK Nightlife had Cotter Eichel Stone, Smith Carlson, Castle, Amadio slash Wa with Stevenson. Uh, and and Marchessault, and uh, and then Carrier or Wah with Howden and Colasar. You think of those lines jumbled up. I mean, a lot of there's a lot of commonality for um, for Castle coming to the top six right now. A lot of commonality. What were the what was the bottom side of that one again? It was Carrier or Wah with Howden and Colasar. Line three or line four? Four. You want to know the bottom six? Uh, you yeah. Want what to know what, what was line three on that one? It was also Amadio Orwa 
with uh, Steven. Oh, I do. Okay, yeah. So basically, we're we're trying to find a spot for Nick Waugh is what that is. And that's kind of what the Lions have been somewhat recently seeing Nick Waugh on line three. And Carrier still scored on line four with uh, with Brett, uh, with um, was it Amadio on? um Because Howden's injured right now. So, you know, Lachizan, right? Lachizan Lach- Jake Lachizan came in. That's right. Yeah. So that's the other thing, you know, what's going on with Howden right now. And how is Jake Lachizan's game going to grow now? He's starting to get some semi-regular time at the NHL level. I mean, nice thing about Jake Lachizan, He's not a liability. You can bring him up. He will take care of things at home. And then obviously if he can chip in a little bit or no, no, if he can just pass the puck to carry, he'll be fine. When will Bruce Cassidy stabilize the lines? Because at a certain point, you can't just keep mixing them up. I don't believe. I think you need consistency. No, you need consistency, but you need to consistently do things to keep the team churning. You know, the first uh, seven or eight games, I believe, they started with the balance lines and maybe it was even four or five games. And then Cassie didn't like something. So bam, the misfits are back together. Uh, line one, you know, the, the, the recent lines are basically where they are and they go on a nice little winning streak. And then lately playing 500 hockey um, after that big nine game winning streak, which is fair. There's nothing wrong with 500 hockey after you have a nice run like that, as you're trying to find things. If I am going to give a little bit of, um, second guessing if you will to Cassidy recently especially in Saturday's game against Vancouver uh if there's one game where I felt it wasn't as well coached as some of the other games it was that Saturday game against Vancouver I still wish I had and I wouldn't tra- trade a night for hockey with my son for it for the world but I do wish I had an opportunity to ask Cassidy that one question hey you changed the lines on Friday you got results Saturday, you stuck with the lines. What is it you liked about Saturday's game that kept the lines the way they were? I'm not saying, I'm not second guessing. I mean, I'm second, sure, I'm fine. I'm second guessing him, but I would have really been curious to see what his answer is because he would have given his thought process. He would have said exactly why he stuck with the lines. And the answer probably would have been something along the lines of this has worked in the past. I want to give these guys a chance to succeed. Okay, fair, but. 82 games comes and goes really fast and the margin of making playoffs, not making playoffs is slim getting a first round home, you know, first round uh, home ice advantage is slim winning the division, winning the president's trophy and, and all that. It's all, it's all very slim. Every point matters right now. And I do feel that game, maybe uh, he could have made some changes. Two players that are in a bit of a funk, Marcia. So and stone. And so how does Bruce Ooh. Cassidy, get these guys juiced up now to start playing well again. Uh, Stone, for some reason, you know, at the start of the season, I was just afraid that he wouldn't be able to last for the season with the back, you know, and that he would be in and out of the lineup. I really felt that way because we know what back issues, you know, are and how severe that could be and how how much pain you're in. And then, you know, so I don't know what what he's doing lately. Um, He missed that wide open net the other night. Uh, and he doesn't typically, but okay. Uh, and and Marsha, so what is what's going on with those two players? How do they get him back into the rhythm? Yeah, that's all fair observations right now. And starting with Marsha, so first, I do believe Cassidy was trying to get him going by sending the message on Friday night, by starting him on Saturday night, starting that line. I feel like that was one hundred percent for Marsha. So, listen, you had a bad things didn't go well on Friday go get them on Saturday. You're starting. You're going to be out there for the announcement. Go get them, and hopefully things will go better. 
and then putting him out there. I mean, Marchessault got the most important shots of the shootout Monday night in Columbus, and he saved the game. Cassidy made a point to mention him because everyone was focusing on LT and, you know, 43, put in the lefty, you know, whatever, or put in the righty, you know, however that uh, whole situation went down with Cotter. So Marchessault was kind of getting lost in uh, in translation, if you will, and credit Cassidy for crediting Marchessault for saving the game right there. So I think Cassidy's already trying things to get Marchie back into it. Um, same answer now for Marchie and Stone is you're going to possibly change the lines up a little bit and see how the players respond. Um, Mark Stone, I don't think needs a lot of coddling. I don't think he needs a lot of one-on-one attention when things aren't going well. I think it's just simply a matter of letting him work out his game and putting players around him that can help elevate his game. I mean, it doesn't get much better, obviously, than Jack Eichel. But at the moment, you know, Mark Stone isn't necessarily as noticeable as he uh, has been in some of the other games, going back, obviously, to the Edmonton game where uh, he got a couple of goals. And, of course, that uh, that uh, uh, shootout goal where Coach Logan Thompson told him where to go on that one. I mean, LT, he's going to be a coach one day. Um, I think uh, my next question might be, uh, Hey, is the coach is going to hand you the, the penalty shot card every day before you take the ice? You're just going to fill it out and hand it to them. I'm, I'm curious so what kind of response I get, but I'll save that one for after they win a game, not after a okay, loss. Okay, and, and, and make sure that you ask LT if he will indeed take one of those shots. In the oh, shootout. that'd be awesome. I, I certainly I I'll, really want him I'll find to take a fun a question. There's been okay. a, a couple of fun, <laughs> really fast before we're, we're getting out of here. Um, Patrick Waugh had a real funny sequence where he took the puck up. And the goalies go off when there's a delayed penalty, so they get the extra attacker, obviously. And Patrick Wah, he actually winds up carrying the puck. Somehow it finds him as he's skating off. He does a freaking 360 razzle-dazzle thing, but he crosses center ice and gets a penalty. Goalies can play the puck until they get to center ice. And there's one other goalie that, like, dangled someone not too long ago. Same scenario, coming off, and uh, they just make a little move and, you know, make a pass, and then they get off the ice. It's interesting to watch stuff like that, so... Who knows what kind of puck handler LT is once he gets on the other side of the blue line. Coming up next, the Golden Knights are in Pittsburgh. Love these four o'clock starts here at Pacific time. <laughs> two more, right? And two more? Two more coming up here. We'll uh, preview that game. VGK and the Penguins right after this on Locked On Golden Knights. Welcome back and thanks for making Locked On Golden Knights your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast, including Spotify. It's really cool to see us uh, listed in there on Spotify yesterday, and we appreciate everyone making us your first listen. And make sure that you check out our YouTube channel, Locked On Golden Knights, and uh, again, leave your comments and subscribe by all means. So, some awful news broke yesterday from Pittsburgh. Um, the Penguins, Chris Letang, suffered his second stroke in less than a decade uh, earlier this week. And um, his uh, first uh, one was back in 2014, his first stroke. Um, he said earlier this week, um, his trainer t- said publicly that he at first thought that it was a migraine and then it just wasn't feeling right and they took him thank goodness, directly to the hospital. And so he's 35 years old, not experiencing any uh, lasting effects, uh, was at the arena against Carolina on uh, Tuesday night, the six-time All-Star. Um, 
he's played pretty well this season uh, for his team. And if you're Nick Delorier of the Islanders, you've got to be feeling pretty bad because he smashed him into the boards in the game earlier in the week. But in any event, uh, horrible news coming out of Pittsburgh. And you just hope that Chris Letang can uh, rebound from the second stroke. Yeah, I mean, you know, Chris Letang, what I like about him, like I love taking my kid down to warm-ups, you know, down to the glass and stuff like that. Selfishly, I love watching it too. And there's times, hey, come on, let's go. Let's go. It's more me wanting to go than him, but shh, I won't tell him that. Uh, and Chris Letang, he's always one of the people that's going to – there's always one player on each team that's designated to shag pucks, so to speak. It's not a bad thing. They just – they're the one that directs traffic, sets when the, the drills happen and all that. Latang has always been that one for all the games I've seen in Pittsburgh. And he's always the first one to flick pucks over the glass from the goal right there to people behind the glass. And he'll actually point to like an adult, you know, he wants to get a puck to a kid or something like that. And he actually looks, looks up and says, thank you. When, you know, to the adult who gives the puck to the kid. And, you know, you don't see a lot of stuff like that. And I know this is a very small thing in a very, you know, unimportant environment, but it's just, you know, my, my thing about him and, more important things in sports. Um, you know, you have to reference obviously Petrangelo missing games right now due to personal matters. Not going to speculate what that is, but you certainly hope everything is okay in his world as well. And you know, we're we're humans; they're human. We're all the same at the end of the day when it comes down to that stuff. So you hope uh, everything's okay, health, family first, and hockey can wait. And it's the first game back after the announcement uh, yesterday, and I watched uh, some of the pressers that they had there in Pittsburgh. And do you feel that this could be an emotional game for the Penguins tonight? Will they ride that emotion and more or less wear their hearts on their sleeve and play and step up for Chris Letang? Of course. I mean, anywhere to find, you know, motivation and things like that. We've seen that firsthand uh, in Vegas, you know, a couple different events and things like that, where the team certainly rallies around. And Chris Letang is one of your, whether it's unspoken or spoken, but he is one of the leaders of that team, along with obviously Crosby and Malkin and all the players they've had. I mean, he's been with, with that organization for a long time as well. So, you know, hopefully, I mean, hopefully they do get motivation. Hopefully they do play inspired hockey and hopefully it's in a, a five, four losing effort. Okay. We've got uh, Sidney Crosby, 11 goals so far this season. I watched the other day, they lost a bizarre game uh, to Carolina. Um, Jeff Petrie thought that he got boarded by the Canes, right? And, uh, and then uh, Brett Pesci and Andre Shretchnikov um, broke out because everything just kind of stopped in slow motion in OT and a 2 on 0 and they wound up scoring the game-winning goal. <laughs> We've seen some really bizarre stuff, but they were awfully miffed uh, the other night um, were the Penguins. Uh, Penguins 2 to nothing uh, last season in the season series against uh, the Golden Knights. Jeff Carter. Jeff Carter, four points, has 13 points in his career against the VGK. And guess what? He's on the third line against a third line of VGK where there's a lot of question marks right now. Yeah, no doubt. And, you know, we, we've highlighted this. Like, this is not unique for the Vegas Golden Knights uh, for comparing to other teams in the league. Line three in this current salary cap era is the struggle. Your top six is going to be your top six. Hopefully that's your scoring lines for all the teams in the league. Your bottom three, your checking line, your energy line, whatever it's called in uh, this new world of uh, 2022 hockey, is pretty well set for most teams. Line three, is it a checking line? Is it a defensive line? Is it a scoring line? Is it an energy line? Right now, our line three is undefined. That is the identity. It's being undefined right now. So 
looking back, I uh, just at some stats here on NHL.com, just comparing Crosby and uh, Eichel next to each other. It's interesting. Uh, Eichel, I'm showing 12 goals on my side, 12, 19, and 31, but only a okay. plus one right now. And, and Pittsburgh's got I'm their strong. issues. They're 11 and 8 right now. I'll check their goal differential in a second. Eichel, 11, 15, 26 points, but he is a plus 15 compared to Crosby, who's a plus one. Pittsburgh Penguins, Goal differential is a plus six, currently eighth place in the uh, Eastern, or what's the Metro? Who sponsors it's the, the Metro? Metro it's, it's the Discover NHL Metropolitan Discover. Division. Discover. Okay. VGK plus 20 right now. That's just freaking remarkable. And then the Boston Bruins are a plus 40. The Devils are plus 36. Oh, my Jeez. goodness. I know, right? It's uh wow. High-scoring game Tuesday in Boston next week <laughs> for the uh, Bruce Cassidy revenge game. <laughs> it's reverse retro night in Pittsburgh too. On top oh, of be everything fun. else, that Pittsburgh be... has a fun intro. I've, I've watched it a few different times on YouTube. Always fun to watch uh, the intros. You know, obviously the Golden Knights do it best, of course. But you know, you know, other than uh, the Tang, I was looking at their injured list, and no one's on the IR for Pittsburgh. So they've got you know good health in in their direction tonight in their favor. It's not it's not showing in the standings, unfortunately, though. Yeah, I think they've had some bad breaks, like. Uh, Two on O's in, in OT. <laughs> overtime is just crazy. I love overtime. It's fun. I love that. Uh, I love that Logan Thompson enjoys overtime. For sure. For man, he just really steps up, right? Uh what did you think about Cal Peterson being put on waivers yesterday? I don't know his stat line directly. I think it's bad. <laughs> that's why it's happened. Well, he gave um, up four only four of the nine goals the other night. That's it. That, that, I mean plus than half. So we'll give him credit for that. I mean, Cal Peterson was a VGK killer, so get him out of the division. Uh-huh. Um, I've liked him against VGK. He plays well. He's looked the part, but sometimes, obviously, uh, players only have a number of a certain team, I guess, and not, no one else. Okay, it's that time. It's time for our locks of the night. Can I go first? You went first the other day. I'm going to go with the combo of Stevenson and Eichel. I just think Stevenson, Eichel going chalk. I think, I like I think it, Jack is. I think Jack is is just starting to get into his groove before he returns back to Boston and scores that hat trick. Okay, week. let's go Nick Wah and Marchie tonight. Let's go Nick Wah and Marchie tonight on my side. Fam, hit us up on Twitter. I'll put a tweet out there. You guys, let us know who you want for your picks to beat me and Tony. Take us home. Yeah, for sure. We thank everyone for tuning in. Thanks for making us your first listen each and every day. And uh, make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel and check uh, check out Locked On Sports Today, that podcast with the biggest stories of the day and much, much more. For my man, Chris Golick, I'm Tony Cardasco from Las Vegas. Move to the left a little bit so you can see me here. Thanks for jo- joining us. We'll have a recap of the game from tonight, tomorrow, right here on Locked On Golden Knights.